0: Everyone, welcome to another episode of The Buck Starts Here. Joining me via Zoom, I have the lovely and always delightful senior editor, Rebecca Moran. Hello. How are you?
1: Hello, good. How are you? I'm good. It's
0: funny cuz we're taping this at like 11:30 your time, but 8:30 my time, and as you know, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> so I need I need the energy you bring me.
1: <laughs> I know. I've already had like three cups of coffee, gone for a run. I'm like ready to go. <laughs>
0: I've done, done none of those things. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've walked my dog. <laughs> um, Just in case anyone's ever wondering how to greet me in the morning, just like with a big mug of tea, that's the ideal way. Uh, I'm really excited to have you on today because we're we're going to be talking about a topic that's really central to basically everyone, like I can't think about anyone this doesn't affect, and that is emergency funds. Um, Mm -hmm. But before we get into it, I just wanted to let you know that the information and opinions expressed in this podcast are meant for educational and entertainment purposes only. They are not intended to be used as financial advice. Credit Karma receives compensation from third-party advertisers, but that doesn't affect our opinions on this show. Credit Karma's marketing partners do not review, approve, or endorse this content. So with that out of the way All right. <laughs> emergency funds. Um, I feel like the name emergency fund is pretty self explanatory, right? It's a fund that you use when you have some kind of emergency situation that you would not expect. And I think it's pretty self explanatory why you would want one. Um, what do you think? <laughs> Anything to
1: add to that? Absolutely. I mean, the only thing I would say is the term emergency fund is a little bit alarmist, right? Because Mm. certainly it's money you can tap into for true emergencies, but it can also be really handy when an unexpected expense pops up. That's not necessarily, you know, a life or death situation, but it's important. Um, I feel like every time I bring my car to get an oil change, one of these unexpected <laughs> expenses pops up, and I have to tap into that fund. So, emergency fund to me feels a little limiting. It really, I would say, is for any sort of unexpected expense that comes your way.
0: That is so true, because that's exactly how I use mine too. That's I think that's a pretty good example. Uh, that's a pretty good definition of what an emergency fund or a uh, Uh uh-oh fund. I'm trying to think of a less alarmist term than emergency fund, but uh uh-oh fund does not feel right either.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. It's completely, it's just like anything that's unexpected, anything that you can't budget for because you don't
0: know it's coming your way. Right. And this is, um, for example, with the, with the car example, regular maintenance isn't included in that because you know that you have to take your car in for an oil change or to get the tires rotated every x amount of time so that's something that you can plan and budget for same thing with like going to see your doctor for your annual physical like you know that's going to happen every year Mm -hmm. um so ideally if you have health insurance that's a whole nother topic that i'm not going to touch with 10 foot pole but emergency (laughs) funds um i think that one of the the questions that people ask the most when it comes to emergency funds is, how much should you have saved?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so the general rule of thumb is about three to six months worth of your expenses. However, this can really vary dramatically depending on your life, right? Um, If you have children uh if you have an unstable job situation um if you're currently unemployed or in an area where it's not easy to find work all of those things would potentially you know you would probably want to save even a little bit more um, and have more sort of put away for those unexpected instances um, I say three to six months is the rule of thumb, but I also don't want that to discourage people, right? Because uh, some people listening might think, oh my gosh, I could never save three to six months. That would take me forever. It feels impossible with all my bills. I'm, I'm just not even going to try. Three to six months is the ideal, but any little bit that's put away is going to help you when those unexpected expenses uh, come your way.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And the reason it's like, not like, Oh, just save $400 and it's three to six months worth of expenses. Is because the idea is if you get laid off unexpectedly, you'll still be able to cover kind of those core needs that you have, like housing or utilities, um, food, any kind of transportation that you need, you know, essential personal expenses like toothpaste and tampons if you are a menstruating person. The one that's really tough that it would be like great if you could cover, but like it's very hard in the American healthcare system is healthcare, right? Because a lot of us get, if you're laid off, a lot of us get our healthcare through our employers. When you don't have a health insurance plan through your employer, it can be super expensive to access healthcare. So that's that that one can definitely be difficult. I don't think anyone's gonna pretend it isn't. Um, I think we should maybe just like even look at your situation and my situation just like as an idea of, what might go into planning for how much you might want saved. So for example, I am single and I live in the Bay Area, which is an extremely high cost of living place. And I rent and I'm locked into this lease for the next nine months. So I wouldn't Mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to leave this apartment for the next nine months without paying a huge fee. So that's definitely something for me to consider. But um, I don't have any dependents. Um, I have pretty much everything paid off. Only thing I have is a little dog that eats things that she shouldn't sometimes. But she also has health insurance, which is very cheap. Um, but anyway, my point is like, uh, so so I have about nine months' is, or sorry, nine months' is nine months worth of expenses saved up because I know I have to stay in this apartment for that long, and this is this was not an easy thing for me to do. Originally, when I first started working after grad school, I had, I believe, ten dollars left in my savings account. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was extremely lucky in that my parents were like, yeah, sure, move in with us." And I also managed to get a job where they lived and they let me live there for, a few months until I could start saving enough where I, or if I moved out and something happened, I, w- I would be okay. But um, anyway, I sympathize with how, and I empathize with how hard it can be to to build these funds. It took me, I think like a solid 10 months to be in a place where I can move out, which is, you know, that's wild.
1: Yeah. It takes time depending on your salary and, and the debt that you're already trying to pay down. It can definitely take time to build up three or six or nine months of emergency funds.
0: Mm-hmm. So, in your situation, you probably have maybe
1: more saved than I do? Yeah, yeah. so uh, so I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, where the cost of living is is certainly lower than that of San Francisco. Uh, but I have a home, so I have a mortgage. I'm married with two children who are in daycare, which is expensive, everybody. (laughs) Very expensive. (laughs) Um, I have two dogs. You know, uh, Charlotte is becoming more and more walkable, but you still need a car, so we have two cars. So there is a lot that we would need to take care of if one of us or both of us were to lose our jobs or if a huge expense were to come our way and kind of, um, you know, knock us out financially. So for us, it's, you know, making sure we have enough to pay at least six months worth of mortgage, that we would have enough to continue to feed our children and our dogs and, and ourselves. Um, and then to your point, healthcare is really scary, right? We have, uh, my children are twins. They're five-year-olds. They and their friends are full of germs. And <laughs> Uh, so, you know, they do get sick often, and so the thought of not having health care through an employer is really scary, and so we do have a little bit set aside there as well. But yeah, all of those are, are really important considerations. We're not expecting that we would be able to live like we do now, but just to take care of the bare minimum, we need a fair amount of money to put away. For sure. And that
0: that is another thing to, to think about when you're setting whatever goal you decide to set for your emergency fund. Um, you have a significant other. And so that's something that I'm sure you talked about with him to figure out how much you wanted to have saved.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We have a lot of conversations about money and finances, which is so important and probably a whole other podcast episode. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you know, we work together to identify our savings goals, how much money we have in savings. We're regularly sort of checking in, always consulting with each other about, you know, big purchases or or big things that we need for the home or the kids or whatnot. Um, But yeah that, that communication is really key and making sure we're both fully aware of, of what we have available to us. And, you know, if we need to save more, putting a plan together for that.
0: For sure. For sure. I think when it comes to finances, it's, it's always a conversation. It's always a family decision. um, when you have those kinds of considerations, uh, the only person I really need to check in is with is my little dog and she doesn't really offer a lot of, a lot of feedback. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so for emergency funds, I think the next most common question is, okay, I've decided I want to start saving money, but where should I keep it?
1: Right. There's a few options.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of different options. Um, but I think that there's a few that are probably more common.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, when it comes to emergency funds, I think a key idea is accessibility. Mm-hmm. You want the ability to be able to access that money relatively quickly to take care of that unexpected expense. And so, you know, when you're thinking about a savings vehicle or a place to put it, you want to make sure that, that you have that accessibility. So I think, you know, one of the first kind of common ones is a checking account. And so in terms of accessibility, like I was just talking about, those are good because they're, you know, your money is easily accessible. You can write a check. You can use your debit card. But, you know, on the, on the drawback side, it's in your checking account, right? So it might be a little more tempting to spend that money, especially if you have other money kind of mixed in there with your emergency fund. Um, and then also, you know, if your information gets stolen, like your debit card information, for example, it might be a little easier for that thief to access your money.
0: Yes, for sure. For sure. Which is actually why I keep my money in a savings account um that and because I like to have a separate savings account where I keep specifically the money for my emergency fund where I can look at it and be like okay this is how much I have for me I think it's hard when I have everything mixed together in the checking account because for me whatever's in the checking account I can spend this is just the way that Mm -hmm. I think about it everyone might think about it differently um the pro slash the con of having it in a savings account is that it's a little less accessible, right? So if I were to have an emergency, I would need to transfer the money out of my savings account into my checking account to use it. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, that also means that I'm not tempted to spend it, which I definitely definitely struggle with on
1: occasion. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think the other thing too, like you touched on this a little bit, but when you have all your money mixed in together, it can be really confusing and you're kind of having to do this constant math in your head mm-hmm. to figure out how much you truly have to spend how much versus how much you really don't want to touch. And I don't know about you, but I have enough lying around in my head every day where I don't want to have to be doing math every time I'm considering a purchase.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think that what's what's helpful... If you are one of these people and like you really want to keep it in a checking account or something, there's there's always the option to open up multiple checking accounts or well, there's almost always the option to open up multiple checking accounts or multiple savings account with uh, your bank, um, mm-hmm. you know, and you can just be like, all right, this checking account is for emergency funds only, you know, and just call it a day. I think the other thing we were talking about this earlier and I had never heard of this is apparently some banks allow you to set up uh, savings buckets. So you even like within your savings account, can you talk a little bit more about that? I don't really know that much about it.
1: Yes. So my bank does this and I absolutely love it. I can set up different buckets. So for example, I have a pet bucket where I put money for upcoming pet boarding that I know I'm going to have to pay for. I have a vacation bucket where I'm putting money for our upcoming vacation. It's fantastic, so you can bucket out your savings, you can set goals within those buckets, so you can see you know, how close you are to reaching your goal for each of those areas that you're saving toward. Um, and so I actually have an emergency bucket, and it's mixed in with all my other savings dollars, but when I'm looking at my dashboard for the bank, I can see exactly how much is there in emergency versus how much is going to some of those other savings goals.
0: And that's in in like a savings account.
1: Correct, Yep. savings account.
0: That's super cool. And I know um, I went and looked it up later after you told me about it the first time and it looks like Ally and Betterment both do this, which is pretty cool.
1: Yes, yep, yeah, I really love it. And it's just really helped me become better organized about my finances, particularly <laughs> my savings that, you know, I want to build up but I don't necessarily need to touch right away.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So the last, the last way that is the most common way for people to keep their emergency funds is cash, (laughs) which is Mm -hmm. uh, talking about accessibility, hyper accessible. Um, You know, like you're, uh, well, I guess it depends on whether or not you're carrying it around with you. But like the point is that you don't even have to go to the bank to get it. Like you can just go home and get the cash. Uh, The problems, the problems with that are that it's a lot easier to spend it, steal it, or lose it.
1: Absolutely. And we actually talked about this in the banking episode earlier this season, is, you know, you just, you never know what's going to happen. If you have it stored under a mattress or in a closet somewhere, um, you know, worst case scenario, what if there's a fire in your home? What if you get robbed? There goes all of that money that you worked so hard to save.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm saying all of this, but... The reality is that I also keep a certain amount of cash around at all times. Not a lot, please don't mug me. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I grew up um, in and around D.C., and when I was growing up, there's just there's just a lot of places that just didn't accept credit cards, and so I always have like my little emergency stash of cash just in case. Now these days, 90% of the time, the place that I pay cash is the farmer's market, but <laughs> it's definitely helped me out of a few binds before. Um, and so I don't know, it's you know just something, something to keep. In. One one of the things that my mom always told me when I was growing up is that if you went out on a date, you always had to have enough money stashed on your person somewhere so that if it like got bad, you could just like leave and pay for your own taxi. Um, Which is, it's so funny because now it's like you would just leave and call a Lyft on your phone. You know what I mean? Exactly. (laughs) Or even if you got into a taxi, you could just pay with your credit card. Um, (laughs) But I think that like that kind of thinking definitely really stuck with me. And I I still have that little, like little, little, just like emergency cash just in case.
1: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, to your point, a lot of places now take cards, but every once in a while you run into a situation where maybe you want to... You know give somebody a tip or uh you owe a friend a couple dollars it's always convenient
0: to have that on you for sure it's it's like a much lower stakes emergency savings than what i actually have like where i actually keep my like actual bulk of my emergency savings which is in my savings account um but here's the thing right is that we've been like talking about checking accounts and savings accounts and the truth is that not everyone has access to banking services in 2018, 27% of households didn't have a savings account, according to the FDIC, Mm -hmm. and 6.5% were completely unbanked. And the numbers are higher for households with lower income, which isn't that surprising. And if this is you, one of the things that I wanted to point out is that there could be help via the Cities for Financial Empowerment's Bank On initiative. I'm gonna drop a link in the episode description. This is just a an initiative that helps people who are unbanked get that first bank account. Uh, yeah, I think that we've talked a lot about how much to save, where to save, what qualifies as an emergency. But we haven't really talked about strategies for saving, which is something that you touched on earlier. It's something that can be really hard. Before we get started talking about strategies for saving, I wanted to remind you that this conversation is not financial advice, and it does not replace your own research before making any financial decisions. These are all just suggestions. things for you to consider. Uh, yeah, so yes, let's talk a little bit about different strategies for saving. I think that one of the ones that helped me a lot, and I know this is just mathematical trickery, <laughs> is uh having a save- a daily saving goal as opposed to having like a yearly savings goal or even a monthly savings goal because if you look at a goal that's like $1000 that can feel really really hard to reach um right but if you're like you know what i promise myself that i'm going to save like 2 bucks a day that can feel a lot easier to do
1: yeah absolutely it's like you know, that advice you hear a lot about big goals and breaking them up into smaller goals uh, that you can feel excited about achieving. It's sort of that same idea here. Um, even, you know, if you're looking at at your month, let's say you want to save $150 for the month, even that can feel really big. Uh, again, like depending on your financial situation. So if you were to say, instead, I'm going to, you know, transfer $5 into my savings every day, or I'm going to, put $5 in a jar every day, or however you do it, that might feel um, just a little easier and like a little less of an impact on your wallet.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think the other thing that has helped me is because I'm an extremely visual person is writing up a contract that kind of lays out the rules for withdrawals from my savings account. So like, what Can I use money from my savings account for? And this is really silly, but I come up with like penalties for myself too, that if I break the rules, I have to do X. So for example, if I overspend on my credit card, I like to pay my credit card off in full every month. So if I overspend Mm -hmm. on my credit card, I don't have enough in my checking account to cover it. Um, And I transfer some money over from my savings account. I, one make a rule that i have to pay myself back out of my next paycheck so that Mm -hmm. way my savings account goes back to where it was before but i also have to give something up lent style (laughs) for at least a month yeah i know that that's a catholic upbringing coming through so it's like i have to give something up and you know in, in the past it's been like i give up dessert for a month um Which is honestly not the worst thing. I lost a little bit of weight that month, which is probably also good. Uh, But, you know, like there's all sorts of things like and there can be other things that you can do that could also help you even towards that goal. Like one month I gave up buying any new clothes unless I needed something to be like replaced. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I that's that could potentially be a strategy.
1: I love that. I love that you have like a formal contract. We have something (laughs) similar, not not a written document and not with penalties. But we do sort of, you know, have these rules where um, if we are going to dip into our savings or, um, you know, pay for something unexpected, it's okay. Like, let's think about it first. Like, what does this mean for our finances? you know, where will we have to make up for it? And we kind of come up with a plan to make sure that we can replace that money as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. That makes so much sense to me. Um, It's cool that you have like a
1: partner helping you too. That's, that's just so nice. Yes, major accountability there. Because sometimes, (laughs) sometimes I really just want to, you know, spend the money on something for the house or something fun. And, He often is the one kind of bringing me back down. So it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I think that you also talked about one of these other strategies that we have on here already with the buckets, which is consciously like looking at the funds that you have and being like these funds are for X. So in this case for this show, it's an emergency fund. But you also talked about like a vacation fund and like a
1: pet health fund hmm. Yeah, you know, I have to say there is something so incredible about the relief that comes with knowing you have that money set aside, sort of that peace of mind. And honestly, that for me is priceless. And so again, you know, when I'm really tempted to, even if it's not my emergency fund, but when I'm tempted to use other savings for things that, uh, you know, don't fit within my longer term savings goals, I always sort of think back to, okay, well, one, what would it take to replace that money? Like I just talked about, Mm -hmm. but then two, like, you know, am I going to be stressed out knowing now that I've taken money out of the vacation fund and, you know, I'm going to have to make up for that. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, really thinking about the sort of the the big picture and the complete effect of, of using that money is really helpful. For sure. I think,
0: one thing that I do sometimes is I just look at my emergency fund and I remember times where it's helped me out and how relieved I feel. Um, like there was this one particular time that I was at the vet with my dog and she had to be hospitalized and it was horrible and I would have owed them something like $8,000, but I had pet insurance, so l- luckily it was quote-unquote only $1,000. Um <laughs> But still just like, I remember looking at the secretary and she was like, I know this can be a lot, like we can work out a payment plan. Like, you know, like we can, we can, we can figure out a way to save your dog. And I was like, it's okay. I have the money. Um, Mm -hmm. and like just the, the relief that I felt from knowing that it was like, that wasn't even a consideration for me. I was like, you can do whatever you need. That was, that was a huge, huge, huge relief for sure. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. I would say on the other side of the coin, I've been in situations when I was younger, where I didn't have an emergency fund. And mm-hmm. I remember one time, our basement completely flooding because our hot water heater had gone in the middle of winter. And so the stress of that, I still remember to this day, of, of trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to come up with the money to replace this heater? Uh, how are we going to pay back this money? It was just you know, so stressful in the moment, but then months of stress afterward, paying down that credit card that we ended up having to put it on so that we could have hot water in the middle of a, of a new England winter. Mhm, mm-hmm.
0: For sure. I remember definitely having to make some hard decisions in my past where I was like, well, do I eat this week or you know what mm-hmm. I mean?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yes.
0: Um, that's, oh, that's the worst. I don't, it's something I don't miss at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> Moving back to strategies. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know this, Becky, but I am an insanely competitive person. I actually race other pedestrians on the street. Um, we're okay. not going to the same place, but I still am like, I'm going to, I'm going to walk faster than you. <laughs> I'm gonna get to I the love s- it. street corner before you um I ugh, it's horrible honestly like I'm in yoga I'm really painting a picture of myself as like this like yuppie California. but I grew up in the south <laughs> but in yoga class I also like compete against the other people around me I'm like well oh, I'm stretchier than you you better watch out um so for me something that Uh, could be a good option would be uh, starting a savings competition with like a friend
1: or a family member. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That gamification approach, which for some people can be really motivating.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like a competition where someone wins or someone loses. Like sometimes it's just motivating to do something with someone else at all. Like um, I can only, imagine if I had a husband potentially I would be like let's see who can save more or like we could do like a fun couples thing I don't know I'm clearly very single
1: (laughs) no I do love this idea though and kind of like in the same vein it is even rewards right Mm -hmm. so If you're working really hard and putting that money aside and watching your emergency savings grow, I think there's something to kind of rewarding yourself along the way. Now, I'm not saying like go out and buy like $2,000 designer shoes or something like that, (laughs) but like small things, you know, like uh, ice cream from your favorite ice cream shop or maybe like an inexpensive dinner out with some friends who you haven't seen in a while. Just something like that to reward your efforts. Mm -hmm. can help you kind of like keep up momentum and and continue feeling good about saving
0: yeah for sure and that's the other reason that maybe an accountability buddy could help is because it's also super fun to be like hey guess what I like managed to hit my goal this week and the other person's like wow congratulations I'm so excited for you like that's that feels good (laughs) Absolutely. I'm definitely revealing myself, too, to be a millennial that loves external validation. This show is just going to be a, a a morass of my <laughs> insecurities. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I think the other thing that goes along with rewarding yourself periodically is, I mean, the other side of that is like sometimes things don't go 100% to plan you know, and Mm -hmm. don't beat yourself up. If that happens, you know, it's it's you're trying. That's the most important part. I'm so proud of
1: you. Absolutely. You know, life happens, things get in the way. Um, That's just that's life. And I think, again, as with any goal, like you probably will at some point be derailed. That's just reality. But kind of realizing where you went off the tracks and then getting yourself back on them and and back in action is the way to go. Uh, Don't beat yourself up too much.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I will leave everyone with one final saving strategy, which is, I think maybe has been one of the most helpful things for me personally so far in my life, which is um, automating my savings. So I have a direct deposit paycheck. um, And so I have asked my employer to send most of my check to my checking account and then part of my check to my savings account. Uh, That's a service that most employers offer. Um, At least I've never been at a place where they don't offer that. And that's a really easy way where like the money doesn't even hit your spend account. For me, my spending account, which is my checking account, it just goes straight into my savings. So I don't even see it. I don't even miss it.
1: Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, You know, my, you were talking about advice from your mom and and a piece of advice my mom gave me early on was always pay yourself first. And so I think that speaks directly to what you're saying. You know, having that money automatically taken out and put into a savings account um, is paying yourself first. And to your point, you don't have to think about it. Then you can just budget against the actual money that's landing in your spend account, whether it's checking or or another way that you sort of, you know, organize the money that you have to spend. Um, But you, you know, ideally get trained to not even miss that money or think about it because it's sort of that out of sight, out of mind.
0: Yeah, for sure. That definitely, that definitely helps me a lot. I think that kind of a theme you see with a lot of these quote unquote, I was going to say tricks, but with these strategies is that a lot of it is just about, Breaking down mental barriers for yourself, you know what I mean, because that's that's just honestly mm-hmm. such a huge part of it.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think you know it's always easy. Again, like with any other goal, it it can be very easy to uh, get derailed, get discouraged, and so I think a lot of what we've talked about today is again, applicable to any sort of larger goal, break it up into smaller pieces, um, you know, celebrate your victories. don't get too discouraged if you go off track for a little bit, um, you know, and, and keep that long term picture in mind, you know, the, the peace of mind that you're going to have having that money set aside, um, you know, the ability to Uh, like in Gabby's case, pay for your poor sick dog or your (laughs) exploding water heater in the middle of a 20-degree evening. You know, think about, you know, your ability to do that and sort of visualize that. And that can help a lot when you sort of focus on that longer term benefit of of stocking that money away.
0: For sure. Becky, I feel like you're such a great mom. Like if I I, like I (laughs) I hope listeners are listening to this and being like yeah. You know what? I can do it because like the way that you put everything. Yeah, I totally I
1: totally can do it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad I've at least inspired you. <laughs> <laughs> For
0: sure. Um, so, yeah, listeners, that's that. I think that's about it. I think Becky summed it up perfectly. Good luck out there. And I hope with all of my heart that you succeed. Uh hopefully this episode was helpful to you. If it was, please encourage your friends to to download it and, and give it a listen so that we can continue making the show for you. And if you have any questions, you can email us at buckstarts here at creditkarma.com. With all of that, I will close with just a reminder that the views expressed here are those of Credit Karma's editorial team or their guests. They do not represent the views of Credit Karma. Since the opinions and information on our show don't consider your personal situation, always do your own research before making financial decisions. The information on the show is accurate to the best of our knowledge when it's recorded. Bye, y'all, and thank you, Becky. Thank you.